Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My, 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 those are fighting words indeed. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to that cozy little corner of cyberspace we call the Sunday Night Sandlot, brought to you by SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, and I would like to welcome you aboard for what we hope will be an entertaining and informative 60 minutes of fantasy baseball news and analysis. This week, we are going to be joined by a very special guest, Stefan Zonia of So-Called Fantasy Experts will be sitting in with us as we discuss some of the players who are off to surprisingly hot or cold starts here in the season's early going and talk about whether it's time to cut bait, sell high, or maybe even seek to buy low on some of those underachievers. But before we do that, we are going to take our customary look at the latest in fantasy baseball news. If that sounds like a good time to you, pull up a chair and let's talk some baseball. It is time to introduce my counterpart here in the cyber studio. He is the co-founder of SoCalledFantasyExperts.com, a veteran of the fantasy sports industry, and has been playing fantasy baseball for over 20 years. He's currently in charge of aggregation efforts at the Fantasy Sports Network and is also a member of the inaugural Tout Wars X League. Please say hello to the Roto Daddy himself, Mr. Doug Anderson. Doug, how are you doing tonight? 20 years playing fantasy baseball? Has it really been that long? Hard to believe, isn't it? 20 years. You, My goodness you, me. You know, I was actually playing Stratomatic back in, let's see, it was uh, fifth grade, so that had to be about eight, ten years. That had to be about 1979, so I started Stratomatic about that <laughs> time. So it, it's been a while. Yeah, I had a game going with dice and baseball cards back in the day. For whatever reason, I remember that Larry Gura, you remember Larry Gura? Oh, He's yeah, a, a soft toss and left-hander. For, yep. for some reason, he was unhittable in my game, and I've never been able to figure out why. But Gura was just – he was the guy you ran out there if you absolutely needed the uh, needed to win. But, yeah, it's uh, its definitely been a, a long time that we've been playing this this game that we love so dearly. How you doing tonight? Were you at the ballpark today? No, no. I, I was at the uh, game last night enjoying the – Rays comeback victory, the the fourth in a row. So not at the park today, but I, I see that they continued their little hot streak. They did, as a matter of fact, sitting in first place. And speaking of, of hot streaks, Evan Longoria, seven straight hits. All of a sudden, he's he's hitting either 300 or very close to it. And I've uh, seen him driving the ball to right center field. You know, He's not going to hit 300, but isn't it nice to see him really driving the ball again? Well, you know, for Evan Longoria, we've kind of—I think everybody's kind of accepted that he's not going to be this elite hitter that he kind of was on the path to. But 
if he can get back to that, like you say, hitting the ball the other way and not pulling off on everything, he can still be one of the better third basemen. So I, I think, yeah, we want to see him going the other way. The power has been a little bit missing, but I think what you see is as he starts going the other way, that's going to come if he can keep that up. We haven't really seen too many flashes of that in the last couple of years. Yeah, and after his performance today, is it fair to say that any conversation about who the best pitcher in baseball is right now that does not involve the name Chris Archer is not a valid conversation? <laughs> well, I'd like to see it a little bit longer, but, you know, in the preseason, I wrote a few, you know, picked a few pitchers who could be this year's Corey Kluber. And I'd like to say that Chris Archer was one of those names that I, you know, included, but he wasn't. But I tell you what, the way he's pitching, he might be this year's Kluber. Uh, The strikeouts maybe haven't been as high as Kluber's were last year, but the performance certainly has. And it's it's been a lifesaver for the Rays, and fantasy owners have to be appreciating it as well. Yeah, and remember what we saw with Archer, and you're a Rays fan, as as am I, of course. He would just be sailing along, just making it look easy out there, having eight-pitch innings, nine-pitch innings, ten, and then what? What would happen? He would have one inning that just everything came apart. We haven't seen that this year, have we? No, I think you know he's an emotional guy. He's very analytic. If you ever hear him talk, an interview with yeah. him, he, he thinks a lot. I think sometimes he probably overthinks things. But he's also got emotions, and I he showed them this year, but I think he's done a better job of keeping them under control. You know, the experience will do that for you. So am I promising it won't crop up again? No, there might be a few bumps in the road. But so far this year, he, it's just been straight ahead, no blips on the radar. Yeah, yeah, quite a uh, quite a start to the season. I think he allowed three earned runs in opening day and hasn't allowed any since. So he is... Right now, he is as good as it gets in Major League Baseball. Before we get to the news, uh, folks, if you are listening to us live tonight and you would like to share your thoughts or ask a question in our chat room, please feel free to do so. Our courteous and skilled operators will do their very best to make sure your questions and comments are shared on the air. If you have a lineup question or should I cut this guy or what have you, go ahead and put it up there in the chat room and we will definitely do our best to get it on the air and get it answered. And of course, if you should happen to disagree with us, feel free to share that too. And we will debate Doug, a little bit of injury news, just breaking today. As a matter of fact, Yasiel Puig going on the DL with a left hand, left hamstring injury. Uh, definitely uh, the outfield in Los Angeles was pretty much a log jam to begin with, but now with Puig going on the DL considerably less of a log jam, huh? Yeah, you know what? They've got guys to plug in. I'm not too worried about the Dodgers. Fantasy owners are probably going to have a harder time filling in, but I'm not too worried about the Dodgers, the way Van Slyke and Guerrero have come on to hit this year. So I think the Dodgers will be fine. It's just a matter of fantasy owners finding finding someone to plug in. Yeah, what I've read, this doesn't sound serious. It sounds like one of those things that they said, we're going to make sure we get it right and have them here for the long haul. They were saying all the right things. So it doesn't appear like it's going to be long-term, but hamstring injuries just scare me, especially somebody that makes a big, has a big part of their game in stolen bases. Uh, Joe Nathan will not be back this year, Doug. And this guy was one of my favorite closers to own back in the day, just a, a solid guy that just went out there and got it done it seemed like uh, game after game after game 
going to have Tommy John surgery. He says he will be back. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, it would be at what age, 41, maybe 42 if he if he was. Do you think we will see Nathan again? I find it hard to believe. I mean, with the way he struggled the last few years, uh, I'm assuming that his elbow had to be an issue with the kind of the sudden drop in velocity. And, he, he, you know, it was very obvious to anyone that he was struggling to get by. I can't think that we'd see him back. But, you know, as you say, he's been a warrior. He's He's been done before, and he came back to be a very good yeah. reliever again. So it could happen. I don't think we're ever going to be talking about him for fantasy teams again. So we can talk about how great. I think sometime after a couple of years of, of the struggles we've seen from him, people forget how great he was. At one point, right. he was one of the top two or three relievers in baseball. The, the whip was below one. The strikeouts were up close to 90 to 100. You know, this is one of the best relievers of the last teen years, probably. So, you know, we can, we can think about that and just realize we're probably not going to be talking about him much here in, in the future, if at all. Yeah, and a guy that you mentioned with Puig, fantasy owners are definitely going to miss, is Ben Zobrist, knee surgery, looking at four to six weeks. He's going to be a big loss, of course, because he's one of those guys that kind of gives you a little bit of everything. And this sounds like another situation where he's going to go get the knee surgery done, and four to six weeks, probably about by, what, mid-late June, he should be back again. Well, you know what's frustrating with this injury? It's one of those where – in the beginning, it was just some knee pain, and, and he was going to try to play through it or maybe rest a few days. And so that's the kind of injuries that are tough to deal with, similar to what Jose Reyes has right now with the rib injury, where you're not getting the playing time, but he's not on the DL. You can't replace him, so you don't really know what to do. So I, I, I guess the good news is right now you know what to do, and uh, good luck finding a second baseman or shortstop that's going to fill Zobra's shoes. So... You know, all you can do right now is, is try to fill one of the stat boxes. You know, maybe you can find a guy who does double-digit steals or has a little bit of pop. Yeah, now an, in, an injury that is going to be difficult for both the team and fantasy owners to deal with is Adam Wainwright suffered what was termed at the time an ankle injury while he was batting. He was basically going to run to first base and uh, just his left foot kind of collapsed, and it was not uh, – pretty at all. It was a very uh, serious looking injury at the time it happened. And it looks now as though the expectation is that Wainwright is going to miss the rest of the season with a left Achilles injury. Uh, Doug, how do you deal with something like this? Well, you know, I don't know that you can replace a Wainwright, you know, and and the sad part about it is that it, it looked like he was ready in the beginning stage of at least, of defying a bunch of experts. Not that I would ever say that Wainwright wouldn't make it through the year with our, with his elbow issues, but yeah. a lot of people were down on him because of the elbow issues from last year, and it looked like he was defying that, and he was the same old Wainwright. So kind of sad for him and the Cardinals. Uh, fantasy owners, you know, I, I'm assuming at some point Marco Gonzalez gets the call, gets in the rotation. He's got some potential, but you, you don't replace an, an Adam Wainwright. So I think what you do is you're you're looking not to get hurt, not to make a rash rash you know move for some kind of innings eater who's going to hurt your team. Maybe latch on to Marco Gonzalez or a young pitcher, keep him in reserve, let them prove themselves, but be safe. I think is the thing fantasy owners need to do. 
right, I'm going to hit you with a trivia question here, and it's all right if you if you don't get this because this is a pressure. Time, I think you might get this uh, pressure before we before we wrap up our injury news. Do you know the name Nemo Gaines? I think I saw a movie and it had Dory, and I saw a boat. No, no, uh, the wrong, gentleman wrong thing, the, huh? the, who who replaced Adam Wainwright the the last night when he was injured was a guy by the name of Mitch Harris. And Mitch Harris spent five years in the Navy and actually did some time overseas. And um, he was the first Major League Baseball player from the U.S. Naval Academy since 1921. And 1921, the gentleman's name was Nemo Gaines. So uh, Mitch Harris pitched a... Possibly. Pitched a... Pitched a scoreless inning, and uh, boy, big respect to Mitch Harris for first serving his country for five years and now coming back and making his debut in Major League Baseball. Much, much respect goes out to Mitch Harris. Uh, Some other names in the injury news to know in case you're setting your lineups this week and you need to account for these uh, folks. Latroy Hawkins to the DL with a biceps injury. Hisashi Iwakuma with a lat injury also on the disabled list. Shane Victorino, a hamstring strain. The part about this, Doug, is that uh, Rusni Castillo is apparently still on the DL in the minors, and he's going to come back Wednesday as a DH, but it doesn't look like he's going to be in Boston replacing Victorino anytime soon, does it? Not right away if he's on the DL, you know, or just coming back. So uh, I don't think the Red Sox are in any shortage for outfielders. It's similar to the the Dodgers situation. So I I think it's they're gonna they've got plenty of guys to stream through out there. They're gonna be okay. Um, It does delay what I thought would be a little quicker move to Rusny Castillo, though. Right. Uh, And the the Dodgers bullpen has. It has been the source of much waiver wire activity already this year, and everybody there is saying, boy, you know, Kenley Jansen, you know, get well soon. But uh, Joel Peralta, who kind of looked like the head of that committee there, has some right shoulder soreness. He's on the DL. And now everybody needs to know the name Yimmy Garcia. Doug, do you know this young man? Well, I know what he's done so far. I can't say, I don't think anybody can say that they, other than looking at his numbers, that they know too much about him. But right now, the Dodgers are just ready for somebody to jump up and pitch decently and claim, you know, what, the next two, three weeks worth of saves. I have pretty much ignored the whole situation in L.A. just because I I think you start going through this recycling relievers and you get distracted from other options on the free agent list. So I'm pretty set with my closers so far. I should be knocking on something here, but so far, yeah. no big injuries to my closers. Nobody losing their job just yet. So I'm hearing some scary things about my twins, though. I have uh, Glenn Perkins as a closer, and uh, I hear the twins have actually talked about, um, what's his name, the uh, Washington Nationals closer last year, Rafael oh, Soriano. Yeah, brain fart there. But, yeah, the Twins have actually been rumored on Soriano. And I don't know if he'd go in and close in Minnesota or set up, but you always get nervous when there's closure news like that. Right. Yeah, and the um, uh, obviously when Kenley Jansen gets back, everything's probably going to settle down. What's striking to me with the Dodgers right now, the L.A. Dodgers are usually synonymous with pitching. It's a bit of a – of a mess there right now. And with now Brandon McCarthy, I guess had some elbow pain came out of the game. I think you saw Scott Baker start today. 
Uh, it's 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 an interesting situation in L.A. right now, and this is a team that an awful lot of people pick to make a deep playoff run, and they're going to need to cobble together some starting pitching, especially even after Jansen gets back. Um, some other news, Doug. Uh, Josh Hamilton. Uh, we have heard rumors that maybe as soon as today, being Sunday, that uh, the deal was going to be finalized, sending him back to the Texas Rangers. Any thoughts about his uh, fantasy baseball future? You know, there's no doubting at one time he was one of the best hitters in baseball. The last couple of years, it just doesn't seem like he's been interested in being that player. So do I doubt that he could come back and be a useful player? No, I think there's that chance. And if he's out there, I don't know that there are many other waiver wire options that have his kind of upside. So I'd be willing to take that chance, but I'd be lying if I said I had any clue. The The, the offensive environment in Texas is, is obviously better than that in Los Angeles with the Angels, so I think that's going to help. But he's still got to get healthy, first of all, and over the last few years, being healthy hasn't been that easy for him. All right. Now, your Cubs called up a young man we talked about on the show last week, being Addison Russell put him at second base, off to kind of a slow start, had three RBI today, though. I believe it was a three-run uh, double. Only batting 136 right now. What do you think about Addison Russell's future? Well, I think what you know with Chris Bryant, there's this obvious power upside that we're going to see, and I think it's almost a given that the power is there. With, with Addison Russell, there's not any one thing that he does outstanding. He's going to hit for a solid average eventually. He's going to have solid power at some point he can run a little bit but I don't think we're going to see any of that right away I think we're going to see a usable middle infielder um, who probably is going to improve hopefully is going to improve as the year goes on but I'm I'm looking at him on the waiver wire in several leagues but I don't think he's someone that's going to come in and and do big things right away that's just my personal opinion there's no upside in any one category it's more of a jack-of-all-trades where he's nice to have, but not someone you want to blow your whole waiver wire money on or your free agent money. Right. And last thing to keep in mind on your, again, if you're setting your weekly lineups, a lot of suspensions handed down from that dust up between the Royals and White Sox. Giordano Ventura, seven games, Edinson Valquez, who will we be talking about a little bit later? Five games, Lorenzo Kane, Calvin Herrera, two games apiece. Um, Chris Sale and Jeff Samarja, each five games. I believe all of these are under appeal, so we don't know what the final tally is going to be and if the starting pitchers are going to miss any more than one start. Doug, do you see any impact for the upcoming week? Well, I think the appeals might stretch it out to where we don't see it this week. Um, It's just such a frustrating situation. You've got Ventura and Herrera both throwing close to 100 miles an hour and talking about throwing at people's heads. And you've got hitters who, you know, teams feel like they have to retaliate any time a pitch is up at all. It's just a situation that doesn't need to be there. And it sounds like the Royals are going to kind of – they're earning a bad reputation around the league. I I wouldn't be surprised if the league kind of clamps down on it a little bit. Yeah. Folks, you are listening to the Sunday Night Sandlot on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, along with so-called fantasy experts, co-founder, the Roto Daddy himself, Doug Anderson. Going to be talking facts and flukes tonight, and we are going to be joined. Have, have we heard from uh, Stefan yet? 
Actually, Stefan is in the green room right now. Outstanding. Let's uh, let's bring him in and say hello to Stefan. Hello, Stefan. Are you there? Buck, Doug, it's wonderful to be on with you guys. Stefan, hello. Uh, folks, we're proud to welcome into the Cyber Studio tonight a gentleman who is a Detroit native, now living in Philadelphia. He has been playing fantasy baseball since 1998 and currently authors a weekly prospect report for so-calledfantasyexperts.com where he focuses on minor league prospects that figure to have some fantasy impact this year. Please join me in saying hello to Stefan Zonia. Stefan, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, wrapping up week three of the regular season here and uh, excited to talk some baseball with you. Awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit about your weekly column. It's called Supervised Minors. Tell us a little bit about what you what you try to do with that column and why should fantasy players take the time to stop by and check you out. Sure. So um, on, tw- on Twitter, I get a lot of questions about when is this guy going to be up? When is this guy going to be up? I heard you guys just talking about Addison Russell, uh, getting questions about you know, how much of my auction budget should I use to, to pick up a guy like that? Is he going to help me right away? So, you know, rather than, uh, you know, constantly having the same conversations uh, about the same players, I decided to put together a, a weekly piece that sort of ranks players that are current prospects that are currently in the minor leagues um, with a ranking specifically focused on how likely they are to help you uh, this year in fantasy. Sure. Can I put you on the spot and ask you about Addison Russell? Because he was a very talked-about prospect, of course, and now he's up. He's struggling a little bit, but I think that's to be expected. What's your take on, on Addison, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot? That's not a problem. Uh, so for me, Addison Russell is a guy that I have added everywhere that I can. Um, his minor league production at the plate really does suggest that he is going to be a very successful hitter. Uh, of course, some patience is warranted. Uh, this is his first real tour as an as an uh, everyday guy. But given his position eligibility in in uh, uh, you know kind of thin middle infield uh, position, especially second base being thin. Uh, I'm willing to be patient because he's he just shows too much talent and has uh, an impressive minor league track record, albeit a short one. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, Stefan, what do you think? Are you ready to get started on our reel or not? I think what we'll do is we'll go through the, the hot starters first, uh, and we'll we'll kind of cover cover the pitchers, and then we'll cover some slow starters among pitchers, and then we'll move over to the hitters. How does that How does that suit you guys? Sounds great. Does that work for you? Well, Stefan, I'm going to start with you, and we're going to talk about uh, a pitcher from Detroit named Shane Green. What What do you know about about Shane? He's uh, it seemed like he got knocked around a little bit his last time out. Uh, anything to worry about or not? Uh, so for me, Shane Green is a guy that I was preaching uh, hope, or you know, at telling people to draft later in drafts this year. Uh, came over from the Yankees in a trade. Posted really impressive ground ball percentages, really impressive strike rates, uh, K rates, and you know that plays well given the environment he's in. The Tigers have a terrific defense, a, a supportive offense, um, a slightly larger than average park. Um, yeah, he did get banged around a little bit in his last start, but that's preceding three starts where he was absolutely masterful. Um, for me. He's not as good as he was in his three starts, but that doesn't worry me either. Um, he's a guy who is going to post respectable K, uh, respectable K rate and 
you know, I expect his ERA to be somewhere around 3.5, but definitely a guy worth owning and a young guy who, you know, keep his name in mind for the future because he's only getting better. Doug, what's your thoughts on Shane Green? Well, I can't argue too much with what Shane's Green Shane Green has done so far in the major leagues, but one of the things that worries me about him is his track record in the minor leagues. I mean, if you look at the ERAs, they were ugly. Obviously, he's young. He's learning. He's he's had to make some adjustments to do what he's done in the major leagues. But the strikeout rates in particular in the minor leagues were, were nothing special. Um, I think the last two years in, in, in AA and AAA, we're looking at strikeout numbers below eight per nine innings. This year, you see the strikeouts haven't been there yet either. So what I worry he might turn into is a, a solid pitcher at the major league level, but someone like maybe more strikeouts than a Rick Porcello, but a pitcher along those lines who probably helps their major league team more than he's going to help fantasy teams. Right. Doug, going to stay with you and talk about a guy that I got to see make a start down here in St. Petersburg against the Rays. And what I saw before the game will stick with me forever whenever I think of his name. Talk to me about what Trevor Bauer defines as long toss. <laughs> I tell you what, it's one of the most amazing things you can ever see. If you if you ever I, – I think he's still doing it. I haven't heard that he stopped doing it. But if you ever get a chance to see a game that Trevor Bauer is pitching, you need to do it. You need to show up there early to see him warm up because – we're not talking long toss. Most most pitchers pregame they start out with some long toss. They work out from basically you know ninety feet away. Then they they stretch it out from basically left field to center field. Trevor Bauer, by the time he stretches it all the way out, you're, you're talking about from from the right field corner all the way pretty much over to the left field corner. It's just incredible. Something you don't see. And it shows, you know, I, I think we've seen already in his career that he's he thinks a different way and he's not afraid, afraid to try, go against the grain and try different things. But it, it's something you just have to see. I'm pretty sure um, if you Google Trevor Bauer um, long toss, I believe there's a couple of video, videos on YouTube, but I'm not sure. But it's worth seeing. Uh, um, Stefan, going to kick it over to you. I just, I, I can't help but think that when I, whenever I talk about Trevor Bauer, my, my general take on him, Stefan, is that he's a good pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. He's not as good as what he's shown in the early going. Go ahead and, and take it from there, and, and tell me if I'm off my rocker. No, you're not. I, you know, Bauer is a guy with an outstanding pedigree. Uh, came up through the Diamondback system, uh, highly touted in the minors, and. The one thing that is definitely real is the strikeout rate. You know, he's a guy who is going to pile up strikeouts. Uh, that's always been kind of his M.O. But, no, the ERA and, and the whip, they're going to normalize. I mean, he's a guy who gives up uh, kind of above average home run rate. Uh, he, he, de- he generally gives up quite a few hits. Uh, he's been missing, missing those bats so far this year, but, you know, uh, these couple games appear to be an anomaly when you take in uh, all of his, his uh, minors and majors. Here's where I disagree yeah. a little bit on Bauer, yeah. though. If you looked at his numbers this spring, he, he made an – it was his goal basically not to walk anybody. He had one walk in something like 18 innings. So there was a definite change in his approach. So I think – now he's probably not going to match what he's done so far, but I think you're going to see a breakout from him this year. And uh, – I think you're going to have a lot of very good games 
probably some of those clunkers along the way that he's kind of put up you know, in the past, but I think we're seeing a breakout right now. And I, I, I think he's going to ha- be a pretty, he'll, at, at minimum, I think he's going to be a top 40, top 45 starting pitcher. Yeah. Stefan going to stay with you. You mentioned about having a big time prospect uh, pedigree. Uh, Shelby Miller certainly qualifies on that account too. Kind of has disappointed. Hasn't given us the big strikeout numbers that we thought we were going to see from him. But he's off to a pretty good start this year. What do you think of Shelby Miller? So uh, Shelby Miller, obviously the the first few starts for Atlanta have been impressive coming over there in a trade. But he's another guy similar to Bauer where, you know, yes, great prospect, but the ERA and whip, they just don't line up to what we've seen from him for an extended period of time. So I do expect normalization. Now that's not to say that, He's not going to be worthwhile uh, as a fantasy commodity, but um, for those who think that he's magically turned the page with the change of venue, um, I'm not buying that. Doug, Shelby Miller, you buying? Uh, I am to an extent, and and it's not because of the change of venue. It's because I I got to see him pitch. You know, the the last – Last year, there was talk about some elbow issues. He he wasn't throwing. He didn't have the same stuff, and so the numbers were down. And there was obviously concern. But I've seen him pitch twice this early this season, and his stuff is back to being electric. And I think you can see that from 2013 to 2014, things were a little different. You know, in 2013, 2.96 walks per nine. 2014 is up up to 3.59 the same chance the strikeout rate went down so it was elbow issues that were the problem in 2014 so when I look at him and I see he's healthy right now I like that the strikeouts aren't showing up yet but I like that so I think we're going to see a rebound now I don't think he's going to be the pitcher that we once thought he was but for me it's encouraging and I just to see the way he's pitching and the stuff he's got I think we are going to see a little bit of a bounce back all right, well, let's talk about Edinson Volquez, Doug. We just mentioned him a little bit <sighs> ago that he's suspended five games for his role in a brawl. I know how much you love command pitchers, so I can't think that Edinson Volquez is going to be a guy that you're buying in on. Well, you know, I, it's hard because last year in the second half, I was desperate for pitching in a couple leagues, and, and I, he, was, he had a couple good starts. I'm like, hey, you know, I'll stream him when he's got good matchups. And he did great things for my team. So he, he probably moved me up a couple places in the standings by himself. So I appreciate that. But just looking at his track record over the previous years, it's hard to buy into that. But here he is doing it again early this year. So I, I think you have to start at least entertaining the possibility that he's going to be a decent fantasy pitcher. So um, he's probably available in a lot of leagues out there because people don't trust him. Some people might not know him if you're not in an experienced league. So you know, if I have a reserve slot open where I can slide him in, I might start looking at him. He, it's been, you know, three, four months of baseball now where he's been a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, Stefan, I'm a big believer in FIP, fielding independent pitching. And last year, Volquez, 304 earned run average, a 415 FIP. That tells me he was not as good as that 304 ERA. Another number I'm not real crazy about, strikeout to walk ratio. 1.97 last year. It was ninth worst among qualifying starting <laughs> pitchers. 
I'm having a real problem buying in that all of a sudden consistency has found its way to Edison Valquez. Uh, here's another chance to tell me I'm off my rocker. What do you think? <laughs> uh, Buck, you stole the FIP stat right off my sheet here. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. That's exactly <laughs> how it's not a problem. Uh, great minds think alike. Uh, or off their rocker minds think alike. So, so you're um, you're obviously a believer in FIP also then. Uh, absolutely, and yep. and for me for me the biggest issue I mean in addition to the fact that his his fielding independent pitching suggested that he was quite fortunate to finish with the numbers that he had last year. Uh, you know the switch to the AL I mean that doesn't help me at all, and his command has always been messy. I mean he has. He may have gotten away with it a little bit better in the second half of last year, but, I mean, there's nothing that tells me that all of a sudden he's a, a reformed guy that is going to stop <laughs> giving up free passes and uh, let, letting traffic on the base pass. Right. Well, folks, you're listening to the Sunday Night Sandlot on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, along with so-called fantasy experts co-founder Doug Anderson and so-called fantasy experts staff writer, Stefan Zonia, we are talking facts and flukes tonight, whether you should buy into some players' very hot or very cold starts. We are on the hot side of that equation right now, specifically with pitchers. And, uh, Stefan, I'm going to need you to explain this one to me because Bartolo Colon is just (laughs) – he is is incredible. Right now and last year, too, I don't – Understand. Great command. He has tremendous command, but I, I just don't see ace quality stuff there. Um, help me out. What's up with this guy? Uh, I was talking about Bartolo on Twitter the other day, and he's the kind of guy that you want to have on your fantasy team, but that you don't want to watch play. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not fancy, uh, but he gets results, and, and you can't argue. I mean, this is too long of a period where he has had success to to ignore it anymore. I mean, the guy just throws strike after strike after strike. Um, And not that it counts for for us, but he's got a higher batting average than Chase Utley right now. (laughs) Doug, uh, that's going to be tough to top. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, you know, Bartolo Colon is is a man after my own heart, to be honest, because if he was (laughs) 5'9", Him and I, we'd share a lot in common, just to be to be frank. But, you know, we're talking about a pitcher who had a strikeout rate of 10.15 over every nine innings. Uh, oh, yep. back in 2000, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's right. You know, Stefan's right. Slot him in as your sixth starter in a fantasy league, and he's not going to hurt you. He's going to get you some wins. Not, nothing is there to hurt you. So I, I think he's just he's proven himself to this point for about the fourth time in his career in a different way that he keeps reinventing himself. So, you know, slot him in as your sixth starter. Forget about him. Enjoy the numbers. He's not going to be an ace, but he's going to help you. Going to stay with the Mets. And I'll tell you right up front, guys, this is somebody I believe in. Doug Jarris Familia, the new closer for the Mets. Well, you you have to believe in what he's done so far, and he's got so many opportunities. Uh, it, you know, anytime a, a pitcher with good stuff like Familia's got gets a chance – you have to think that there, there's a good chance it's going to work out. Being in a, a closer position, if you can deal with the, the mental side of things, it really lets you use all of your strengths. So I think that's what you're seeing is a, a young pitcher who's got great stuff 
and he's able to just use his best stuff, and as long as he keeps throwing strikes, he's he's going to have pretty good success, you know. Over the long haul, does he have some bumps along the way? Sure, but I think I, I don't see any reason right now to, to think it's going to go too much downhill other than not as many save opportunities. Stefan, what do you think? Uh, Jarris Familia, is he the real deal? He's fun to watch right now, I'll tell you that much. Um, you know, he, he throws he throws heat. He's got good movement on there. I mean, every he passes the eye test for the closer role, you know, Obviously, you got to ride with him while he's hot here, and and Doug's right. I mean, there there are probably a couple bumps on the way, but um, again, I mean, he looks the part, and certainly more than anybody else in that bullpen does. So, uh, yeah, go with him. Yeah, and of course, Bobby Parnell is going to be coming back to that bullpen, but the way Familia is going right now, I don't think there's any way that that Parnell is a factor. Not right now. It's like you said, Stefan. It's going to take a couple of bumps before before I think you see any move toward a closer change there. Uh, Stefan, a guy that I actually watched pitch today. I knew we were going to be talking about him, and I was I was afraid his, his ERA was going to take a bit of a beating today, and that's Anthony DiSclefani from Cincinnati. Uh, he allowed five runs today, but only one of them was earned. So the, the stellar ERA is still in pretty good form. Tell us what you know about DiSclefani. So Disclafani is a guy that I've got a chance to watch a couple of times uh, in the in the minors, um, and the track record on him is is pretty clear uh, to me is that he has got an outstanding fastball and an outstanding slider, but where he gets himself in trouble is his changeup is just not up to snuff for a major league level pitcher, and you know as hitters kind of get used to facing him and get more of a read on what he's throwing, they're gonna catch up to that um the strikeouts are real uh partly because that slider is pretty nasty um but you know that change up is just not a major league pitch and so i'm expecting big time regression uh with mr disclifani doug what do you think well you know i haven't had a chance to see him pitch yet i'm just sitting here looking at his minor league numbers and there's nothing there that really says He's going to be anything special as a major leaguer. And with what Stefan says, it sounds to me a lot like a pitcher who's probably best suited to the bullpen. So, you know, right. the Reds are ready to shift Tony Singrani there, who I, I I think could be a pretty successful starting pitcher. But to me, I, I think this Clefini, they've the, the Reds have uh, Robert Stevenson waiting in the wings yep. at some point, I think. So, to me, I, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to stick in the starting rotation long term. So, I think we might be looking at a future reliever here. Yeah, the one thing I noticed about the Esquifani is uh, his command. Uh, two walks per nine innings in the minus. So, he flat yeah. out throws strikes. But as you say, if those strikes are, are too good, you're going to suffer in the major okay. leagues. Doug, talk about a guy who has had some problems throwing strikes in the past, but it definitely is somebody that has been talked about as being a potential ace, and that's Archie Bradley. What do you know about this guy? Well, I know that he's got the type of stuff where he can get away with some mistakes. I know that last spring when the results weren't there, neither was the health. So I think the important thing we want to know with Archie Bradley is that He's healthy right now. There's no arm issues, no elbow issues. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be able to get away with some of the wildness that we've seen. So I, I, I think you're going to, you know, there are going to be the games where he doesn't, he walks five guys and he gets burned. But he's got the type of stuff 
where he needs to be owned in a whole lot of leagues, and he's going to have some pretty big starts. And you know, it, it'll be a, a question of whether he adjusts to the league or the league adjusts to him. So I think we're going to see some good results early. And then from there, it's just a matter of what happens. And we want to see him hone his command a little bit. I think the strikeout rate can be better than it has been. It's just a matter of him making some adjustments and getting consistent with it. Stefan, I'm going to throw it to you, and we're going to talk FIP again because he's got a, a, a nine walk or walks per nine of 5.3. He's got a 145 earned run average. The FIP is 367. Uh, convince me otherwise on Archie Bradley. I, I think he's pitching a little over his head right now. So I have made it my personal mission to single-handedly drive up the ownership percentage of Archie Bradley. Um, <laughs> he is a guy that I believe in a lot. And he is a guy that if you watch pitch, it tells a different story than uh, when you're just looking at box scores. Yes, he does walk a lot. And he's going to, I mean, Frankly, he's going to have to uh, limit that if he really wants long-term success. However, batters at every level have a really hard time squaring him up. So, yes, he's walking people, but he's not giving up hits behind those walks. For instance, a guy like Bauer in the minor leagues would walk people, and now he's not, but he would then follow that up by giving, giving up hits and allowing those walks to score. Bradley's not doing that and he had a microscopic .3 home run per nine in his minor league career. He hasn't given up a long ball yet. I mean, he's the guy that, yes, you know, his his control isn't great, but, I mean, hitters just, they can't hit him. So, you know, you can get away with some of those walks, and those walks definitely drive up the the, F, the fifth. So um, that's kind of, a, in this case, I don't normally go in the face of it, but in this case, I am willing to trust my eyes over what the box score says. Fair enough. Uh, well, here's here's a guy that is not owned probably as much as, she, as he should be. I'm um, talking about Alfredo Simon. Last year, he had made before last year, he had made all of 19 career starts. Well, all he does last year is win 15 games of 340 for four earned run average. This year, off to a great start, 4-0 and already, has allowed five earned runs in 27 and a third. This guy's 34 years old. Stefan, am I to believe that the move to the starting rotation has created this, this incredible renaissance for him, or are we just witnessing an illusion here? Well, the answer is kind of yes and no. So, you know, if you look at last year's line that he posted with the Reds as a whole, you know, you see the 15 wins, uh, decent ERA, and and that's all. You know, that all passes the eye test. But it was a tale of you know two halves for him last year. He came out firing on all cylinders, and as you might not be surprised, as a converted bullpen guy, uh, he really faded down the stretch. Um, you know, and and he was really disastrous down the stretch, not just faded, uh, and. You know, like you said, at age 34, there's no real reason to believe that this will be any different. Um, he's stacked up more strikeouts so far this year than we would expect. Uh, for me, uh, the big pasta, as they call him, uh, is a sell-high candidate. 
Yeah, uh, Doug, uh, back in the day, and Stefan, you'll probably remember this too, the uh, 4th of July was uh, fireworks, uh, celebration, picnics, celebrating the nation's independence, and Dan Heron went on the trade market because you knew his second half was going to be horrible, no matter how good he was pitching in the first half. Are we looking at the same thing with Alfredo Simon? This is a guy that, that just runs out of gas. Well, I think you have to be suspect. Um what I don't think people give him credit for is this guy's got some nasty stuff. You know, we're talking about a pitcher. I'm just going down and looking at his velocity through the years on fan graphs. You know, at one point, this guy was throwing 94 miles an hour. Last year, he, he was throwing 94 miles an hour with his fastball. This year, it's down a bit. Um, so it's it's not a case of some guy getting by on, you know, guile and all that. So I'm going to say that if if you can take what he did last year, and say add a little bit to the ERA, say a 3.8 ERA, 3.9 ERA. I'm buying into him as a decent innings eater pitcher, but with the caveat that you have to look at the Caper Nine of 4.94 right now and say it's borderline, you know, unusable. So if you got this guy as your seventh starting pitcher and you're just trying to squeeze out some wins, and the Tigers' offense can do that then you're okay. But if you think he's going to strike out people, you know, you're asking for too much. And you got to be ready to bail at the first sign of trouble because he doesn't have that kind of upside that makes it worth the danger. So, yeah, ride him while he's going well, but be ready to jump. And if, uh, if I can, uh, uh, he's. I just might recommend that everybody take a chance to watch him. He's a fun pitcher to watch because he actually throws six different pitches. <laughs> and one of them is an EFIS pitch. Where either <laughs> yeah, you know a hitter will hit it real far, or they'll look very silly swinging and missing. <laughs> so maybe you should own Bartolo Colon while you're watching Alfredo Simon pitch. Is a, or Simon pitch is a, it's they have similar a, body it's, a, it's a teamwork thing. Yeah? So yeah, you can own them both, but don't watch Bartolo. Just watch two highlights of uh, of Simon, and you're good. Folks, you're listening <laughs> to the Sunday Night Sandlot on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Buck Davidson, along with so-called fantasy experts co-founder Doug Anderson and so-called fantasy so-called fantasy expert staff writer Stefan Zonia. We are talking facts and flukes, whether we are buying in or not to some uh, players, either hot or cold starts. We just finished up with hot starts among pitchers. Uh, Stefan, let me ask you, and, and Doug too, uh, I always say at the beginning of this show that it's going to be a 60 minutes of fantasy baseball news and analysis. That never seems to work out. We always seem to have more material than we can cover in 60 minutes. Are you pressed for time, or can you stick around with us and, and get through the, the players that we've got tonight? Stephon, I'm in for the long run. <laughs> uh, Doug, you, Doug, you okay? Well, let's do a good job with these pitchers. You know, I, I've got the show, chef, the show set for 90 minutes. If we take that with the pitchers, we can talk hitters next week if we need to. Fantastic. All right, well, we are going to start off with uh, Doug, I'll start with you. Chris Tillman, off to kind of a bumpy start this year, but this is a guy that's been a real solid starter over the past two seasons. What do you make of his slow start? Well, I make of his slow start that he's had some run-ins with the the Blue Jays and Yankees, and I, I think we just have to accept that right now Chris Tillman is going to be a decent pitcher for you. At one point when he came back in 2012, you know, it, it was a ballyhooed prospect. Came back in 2012, and I thought maybe he was fulfilling that kind of elite pitcher potential that he originally had. But I think right now he's just an innings eater who 
is going to get you good wins. He's going to be there. He's going to give you innings. But it's not going to always be pretty, and you're going to have to put up with some rough spatches. So I hope you didn't draft him as one of your top four starting pitchers. If you did, I think you're going to be battling it out in wins maybe and unhappy with your ERA. So he's just an innings eater. It's going to get better than it is now, but nothing special. Yeah, Stefan, I'm filing this away, and actually the next guy we're going to talk about, I'm filing it away too, that it's the ebb, it's the flow at the end of the year, check the back of the baseball card, and it's going to pretty much look fine. Is that pretty correct with Tillman, or, or is this maybe the start of a, a nasty decline? No, it's pretty much right. Uh, if if I was a Tillman owner, um, and, and fortunately for me I'm not, and I don't have to put up with this, but uh, if I was a Tillman owner, I would be very wary of, where I start him because this is a guy and, and Doug nailed it. Uh, you know, he's had a couple of run-ins with some of his uh, division foes and through his career with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, you know, his, his career ERA against ALA East teams is 4.79. So this is not a new occurrence for him. He struggles mightily in that division and pitches pretty well outside of it. Well, uh, Stefan, I'm going to let you try to break my heart here because the next guy we're going to talk about is somebody that I liked an awful lot at the beginning of the year, and quite honestly, I, I still do. Jose Quintana, a great starter over the last couple of years, off to kind of a bumpy start, kind of righted his ship on Friday a little bit. What uh, What's your take on Quintana? Anything to worry about here? I wouldn't be worried. Uh, you know, he's he is a talented player, Um He's certainly an above-average pitcher. He's not an ace, but um, he's a guy who has been prone to his fair share of bad starts, but he will generally follow that up with with a nice little streak afterwards. Uh, You know, he can get a little bit inefficient when he's pitching. Um, I've I've watched him several times where he's run up his, his pitch count because he's not locating his pitches right where he needs them, but you know, in general, he's got enough talent um, to, to strike out enough guys to make him relevant. And, uh, no, I wouldn't be worried about him yet. Doug, what do you think? Well, I think if you look, go back and look at 2012, 2013, I, those – that's what I expect out of him. I don't. I think well, last year was a little bit over his head, that 3.32, a little over his head. But I think if you look at the previous two years, that's what you can expect. The strikeouts aren't going to be elite. You know, you might as well say he's Chris Tillman, but he probably doesn't even get the love that Chris Tillman does. So, you know, he's a I, – I think the word Stefan said was relevant. He's relevant. Uh, don't rely on him. If he's in a rough patch, bench him. But he's going to end up being decent after the year, uh, after it's all said and done. Yeah, uh, Doug, I'm going to give you a guy that the way you know whether or not you should start him is just check to see if I have him in my daily lineup. Because every time I run Annabelle Sanchez out there, he, he seems to be horrible. I don't run him out there, two-hit shutout, dial it up. What do you think? Well, I, I think with Sanchez, it just you just never know if he's really healthy or not. He's had elbow issues over the years. At times, he's one of the better pitchers in baseball. And at times, you know, he gets hit hard. So, to me... With the way he's looked so far, the strikeouts have been there. So you know you got to think that he's feeling okay with a strikeout rate above nine point. Is that nine point nine three? So I have to think he's right. feeling okay. So I I like him to come around, 
but you just wonder with the way he's been hit so hard, you know, are we going to start hearing whispers about elbow or shoulder problems? So to me, it's someone I'm not hesitant to bench because it can get ugly with him. So, you know, if someone's selling low, I'm probably buying, but I'm not paying full price. That's for sure. What do you think, Stefan? I agree with Doug that you absolutely buy him if it's possible. Um, for me, this starts a little bit of an aberration. His velocity seems fine. Uh, some of his breaking pitches haven't been great. Uh, a lot of that is because, and well, certainly in his last start, it was snowing in Detroit. Um, you know, that makes throwing breaking pitches not so easy. Uh, we're only two years removed from this guy winning an ERA title. Uh, yes, there are injury concerns, uh, especially last year, but his injuries last year uh, were unrelated. I mean, he hit the DL three times for three different things. Uh, is he fragile? Maybe. But no signs of, you know, when I've watched him pitch this year, he he doesn't appear to be a guy who's hurt, just a guy whose stuff uh, isn't that sharp yet. But I believe that it will get there. I know you like fifth, yeah. Buck, but uh, if you look at some things like home run per nine, right now it's at 1.99 for his career. Let's see here. It's at uh, 0.73, so a little bit of bad luck there. Left on base percentage right now is at 63.6. Career, it's at 73. So I, I think there's some bad luck in play here. Probably with, like, I think sometimes we forget that early in the year, pitcher's velocity is down and the weather plays a role. So I think you kind of have to give a pass unless there's other things in play that we don't know about. Yeah. Uh, and, Stefan, I'm going to send this next guy to you because I think – what happened here is he had an awesome spring, and I think that may have raised the bar a little high for for the pitcher that Drew Hutchison is. What do you think? Is he the guy we saw this spring, or is he more of a low to mid four ERA kind of a guy? Unfortunately, I'm leaning more towards the latter. Um, you know, we 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 all have the the um, tendency to get a little bit. Uh, enamored with players that are just unstoppable in spring, and yeah, his you know his stock was one of those that between spring and the beginning of the season really really elevated, and you know the the truth is probably somewhere in between. Um, but you know last year he was good, and you know I, I think that he can be a facsimile of what he was last year, but certainly not what he was this spring. Doug, what do you think? Well, I think you're underselling him a little bit. I I don't think his ERA is going to be in the fours when it's all said and done. He had one start where he got absolutely hammered, and uh, take that away. To me, you know, it, it reminds me of AJ Burdett in the days when his ERA was kind of high, you know, in that 3.8 range, 3.7. So I I think we're looking at a pitcher with a, an ERA above 3.50, but the strikeouts are going to be there. They were there last year. And the wins, the Blue Jays just score runs from. So I like him. Nobody's going to pitch like he did this spring. That was Cy Young stuff. You know, barring some incredible breakout, that's not going to happen. But I still think we haven't seen the best from Hutchinson, and we're going to see a lot better uh, the rest of the season. Uh, Doug, talk about a guy who last year just put up historically good strikeout-to-walk ratio. Talking about Phil, Phil Hughes. This year, off the kind of a scuffling start, uh, what what do you make of, of Hughes? Is he the guy that was the huge prospect for the Yankees and that we saw some flashes of last year, or is he just 
a uh, so-so pretty good starting pitcher. I, I think you hit it there with it. He's just a, a pretty good starting pitcher. You know, the incredible strikeout walk rate, it's impressive. But what's maybe more impressive is that he wasn't better than he was with that kind of, you know, his ERA was still in the, you know, 3.5 too. So how did he have that strikeout to walk ratio and not, be better than he's, you know, he wasn't as good as he should have been. So the strikeouts are kind of middling. The walk rate obviously is incredible. He's hittable, you know, so he's going to have his rough spells. I think the new ballpark's going to help. So I wouldn't be surprised if, when it's all said and done to see an ERA a little lower than last year. But by the same token, how many games are the Twins going to win? So to me, he's right. just kind of fantasy filler. Uh, you know, if he's out there and I can get him cheap in a trade, I'll take him. But he's not someone I'm out looking for. Put it that way. Stefan, what do you think about Phil Hughes? So his, the, I mean, the answer to why his ERA doesn't doesn't match up to his walk rate and his uh, K per walk rate is that he's one of the most home run prone starting pitchers in the league. Uh, this is a guy who he gives up he gives up bombs, you know, left and right, and part of that is because he's constantly staying in the strike zone. You know, he's a predominantly fastball pitcher and you know, when he faces good competition he's gonna get he's gonna get hit like that. Now he has his days where, you know, he's locating well and, and he's really tough to hit, but uh like Doug said, you know, the twins aren't gonna provide a whole lot of uh support to to back him up with. So yeah, he is just kind of a mid level guy. Um and you know, I I still believe that he's going to be a valuable uh, fantasy commodity. Not an elite guy by any means, um, but the kind of guy that you want in your, you know, fifth, sixth starting pitcher. But uh, yeah, I mean, right now he looks kind of like an innings eater. Talk about Alex Woods, the fun uh, strikeout rate kind of down this year. Anything to worry about here? Yeah, uh, it definitely has my eyebrows raised. Um, but you know, I mean, we always try to preach patience and and that's kind of the approach i'm taking uh i do own a few shares of him um you know i'm going to wait a few more starts before i i really start to sound the alarm but uh you know i've, I've gotten a chance to walk him or watch him a few times and and you know he he definitely is not as sharp as what i remember from last year so uh i haven't seen anything to indicate that he's hurt so I am right now inclined to chalk it up to just a slow start. Doug, you concerned about Alex Wood or uh, anything to worry about here? Well, I think the thing you have to be concerned about is that strikeout rate. That you know, one of the reasons I liked Alex Wood is I don't think he got a lot of credit for you know the pitcher that he has been when he's when he's been a starter for the Braves. But that strikeout rate now we're we're talking about you know, one strikeout every two innings. So that's concerning. The walk rate so far is up from 2.36 to 3.75. I'm concerned. You know, I haven't heard any whispers about injuries, but we're talking about a young pitcher who, you know, I don't want to say, but it's about the time where we start talking about Dr. Andrews. Uh, I haven't heard whispers, so there's nothing there, but it wouldn't surprise me if we hear that in the next couple months with the kind of, you know, drop in strikeout rate that we're looking at. So I'm concerned, and the Braves' offense doesn't help my concerns. They're not going to score. So he's someone, if I have him, I I don't in too many leagues, but if I have him, I might be looking for someone who's looking to buy a little low instead of a lot low. 
you know, stay with the Braves and talk about Julio Terran. A uh, couple of bad outings, a couple of good outings, ERAs uh, north of 450. What do you think, Doug? Uh, I, I, I still see, I don't know if I see an ace here, but I see a, a definite number two starting pitcher that uh, just had a couple of bad outings and it's inflated his numbers. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried yet, you know. He's walked a few more hitters than we like, but I haven't heard anything about injuries. Uh still has the issue with the Braves offense that I'm not convinced is going to be one of the worst offenses in baseball. But I I think you're right. I think he's a number two pitcher. Uh, at one point I think we thought he had a little more in that in him, but the strikeout rate hasn't been what we wanted. So I think he's a number two pitcher. I'm not too worried yet. Haven't seen anything to concern me. Yeah, Stefan, before we get to you, we, we seem to have a knack on this show for breaking news, and it just happened again because the Yankees' Alex Rodriguez just hit home run number 659, pulling him to within one of Willie Mays. So just uh, just took Jonathan Neese deep to right center field. So uh, possibly some history going to be made in the Bronx tonight. Talk about Julio Turan, uh, Stefan. So, I'm not overly concerned either. Uh, the one thing that we should point out, though, is that last year uh, Tehran was phenomenal, but you know his FIP did indicate that he was a little bit fortunate. Uh, he finished the year, I believe, with a 2.86 ERA, but his FIP had him at 3.46. So, uh, you know, I mean, essentially he was a, a, over half a, a run better than maybe he should have been. So I do expect him to be closer to you know, that 3.3, 3.4 type uh, ERA this year and certainly not below three again. All right. I'm going to stay with you for uh, Tyson Ross, a guy that uh, I like a lot. Uh, seems to be walking a lot of guys this year, though. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of that? Just blip on the radar or is there something more there? I'm pretty concerned, uh, to be honest. Uh, I've, I've watched him twice now, and he's another guy that, in addition to having a little feel for, for his breaking stuff right now, uh, all these walks are causing him to be an incredibly inefficient pitcher. You know, he's having a hard time getting out of the fifth, sixth inning, and, you know, pitch counts are piling up quickly. He gets frustrated. He's kind of a demonstrative guy out there, and, and I wonder if he's a little bit in his own head. Um, ultimately, there's nothing that indicates there's any kind of injury uh, or anything like that. So I do. I still think that he's going to be okay. But, you know, it's something that he needs to get addressed sooner than later because the longer the birth control issues linger, you know, the more psychological it becomes. So um, I'm hoping they get the turnaround quickly here. Doug, talk about Tyson Ross. Well, I think, first of all, with the mount, he throws that slider that we always have to be yep. concerned that there's some kind of injury in play here. Nothing I've heard, so I don't know anything. But also, if you look at the fact that he's had three out of four starts away from home, last year, right. if you look at his home and away splits, away ERA, or I'll start with the home ERA, which pretty much made his year home ERA of 1.88, away ERA 3.79, this is a guy who's a different pitcher on the road, whether it's the the dimensions of Petco or it's just that comfort zone. He doesn't pitch the same on the road. So three out of four starts on the road. And with the slider, has the weather played a role? You know, you have to think that early in the year. I know he pitched in Colorado uh, last start, I believe. 
So, you know, early in the year, doesn't have the feel for the slider. I'm not too worried yet, but, uh, you know, if it hangs on much longer, you have to wonder. And he's also a pitcher that if you've got him on the road in, once in a week, you might think about benching him depending on your other options. Doug, I'm going to ask you to talk about the guy who is the left-handed Annabelle Sanchez for me. If I need a two-hit shutout, he gets absolutely pounded. If I put him on the bench because he just got absolutely pounded, he throws a three-hit shutout. Talking about Gio Gonzalez. Uh, ERA is north of five this year. Whip, which is always a problem with Gio, it seems, sits at 171. What do you think, Doug? Bad start, or is this just uh, is there something more that we're seeing here? Well, I think kind of how you are from start to start with Gio Gonzalez, that's how I've been his whole career. You know, About the time I ex- was projecting him as a breakout, he had another bad year. Then I gave up on him, and then he, he turns into the pitcher I thought he could be. You know, he's such an uh, uh, inconsistent pitcher that last year, I think, is basically – I think that's who he is last year, a middle three ERA, going to still get you good strikeouts. So I think he's going to be that this year. But anybody who's expecting to eventually break out into any kind of ace, I think I think those days are done. So I think the the strikeout rate right now is a little worrisome. I think we'll see that normalize as the weather gets warmer, as he gets a better feel for his pitches. So I, I'm not too worried. I'm just not liking – he doesn't have the upside that I think at one time we all thought he did. Stefan, uh, wrap up our talk about pitchers with uh, a little bit about Gio Gonzalez. Well, Buck, you must have had him in your starting lineup today because he got shelled again. Um, <laughs> so uh, at least, you know, the, the one uh, silver lining from today's performance is that he was able to put up a nice uh, nice number of strikeouts. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, Doug's right. He's not, he's not going to be the ace that, you know, people – four years ago thought maybe he could be, but um, I am, I'm pretty concerned about how many hits he's been given up and how much solid contact he's allowing. Um, you know, Doug said 3.5. I expect maybe a little higher, 3.7, 3.8 uh, ERA. Uh, I'm, I don't have, you know, a whole lot of optimism for Geo season here. Yeah. Well, that is it for the pitchers. Uh, gentlemen, let me let me pose the question to you here. We have 25 minutes to go in the show. We are not going to make it through our hitters, that we have the hot starts and the cold starts both, unless we absolutely fly, and I don't think we're going to do the analysis justice. Um, Stefan, is there any way you can make it back next week? Oh, absolutely. Cause in, and, Doug, here's something else. I am not going to be here next week. So it, it uh, y'all y'all are going to be uh, be heading on without me. I think you're going to do a great job, and uh, but I, I uh, will not be here next week. I'm actually making a trip to the Baseball Hall of Fame, Doug. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I haven't been there, and I'm actually hoping to get there this summer. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been there, and I think this is going to be a, a tremendous time. And uh, Stefan, you ever been there? Uh, I went once as a child, but. Uh, Still trying to make plans to get back there as an adult. Well, I will give you guys a full report and uh, looking forward to it. We're actually going to fly up to Baltimore also and watch the Rays play the Orioles at Camden Yards. So 
looking forward to that trip. Unfortunately, it is going to mean that I am not going to be in the cyber studio next week. So uh, you two will will have the helm, and I'm sure you'll do a great job and maybe invite somebody else in with you to talk about the hot and cold hitters. Stefan, uh, before we close, any other pitchers you want to talk about, either hot or cold starters? Uh, the only guy that comes to mind is uh, Hisashi Iwakuma. Um, mm-hmm. He just hit the DL. Uh, he's a guy that I still have pretty high expectations for. He's a control freak. Um, always posts a very impressive whip, uh, good ballpark to pitch in. Uh, and I think that some of the injury that he's been dealing with and between blisters and, and the strain he's got going on has kind of explained his slow start. So he's a guy that I'd be looking to uh, buy low on. Doug, anybody else you want to talk about? Hot, cold starters amongst pitchers? Well, we can always talk about my, about my uh, Taiwan Walker. But, you know, actually, <laughs> Carlos Carrasco, a lot of people are going to yep. see Carlos Carrasco's line from today. In fact, I think I wrote about in Rotor World how he got knocked around. He didn't really get knocked yep. around if you watch that game. And it's just a testament to, to the hitters like Victor Martinez and Miguel Cabrera. They were hitting good pitches and just, you know, hitting little flares, line drives into right field, into left field. So I, Carrasco is still one of my favorite pitchers this year. Uh, if if anybody's selling low, I'm buying so I think you're still going to see one of the top uh, top 10 to 15 starting pitchers this year. And Stefan, before we close, uh, tell people how they can stay in touch with you or get a hold of you if they have a fantasy baseball question. So uh, you can reach me. Uh, I'm very active on Twitter at IamStefanZonia. Uh, com. Well, look at me. At IamStefanZonia. <laughs> um, I also, again, write a, a weekly uh, column on so-called fantasy experts. Uh, so check it out and uh, get engaged in the conversation. Fantastic. Doug, anything else to add before we close? No, I, you know, I, one of the things I'm kind of proud of that I've put on the site the last couple of days is uh, 50 hitters you can use against left-handed pitching and 70 hitters you can use against right-handed pitching for FanDuel and Daily Fantasy Baseball. So I, I think it's just it's putting together information that's freely available out there and just making it a little easier to access. I think it can be a big help in Daily Fantasy Baseball. So I want to make sure everybody knows that's out there. Be sure to check it out, folks. Just uh, another part of the fine content to be found over at so-calledfantasyexperts.com. Well, folks, that will just about do it for this week's episode of the Sunday Night Sandlot. We'd like to thank our special guest, Stefan Zonia of So-Called Fantasy Experts, for joining us tonight. It was indeed a pleasure to have him here in the Cyber Studio. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'd love to see you again next week. Until then, for Doug Anderson, this is your host, Buck Davidson, saying somebody start the team bus and cue the postgame show. This one's in the history books. We'll see you next week, everybody.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.